All right, we're back. It's your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast, segment two. All right, so we just wrapped up all the all my locks for each conference for the NCAA tournament. So now we're going to, like, kind of briefly talk about a few bubble teams that that I feel should get their say to the committee and why they should get in. Um... First, I'm going to start with URI. We're going to start, you know, locally. Well, I mean, really, combination of URI and St. Louis. Those teams that are kind of, you know, leaning towards the out. I think, I think URI is a very talented team. You got, um, they have great guards that they rely on. Fats Russell, um... Uh, Jeff Downing, a very experienced team at that as well. Sorrell Lavangi is one of their double-double guys that, you know, he's a physical uh, presence inside. And they have a lot of uh, a lot of good talent off the bench as well. Antoine Walker. Um, they have another guy that is lefty that can shoot threes. But overall, URI is just an extremely talented team. Um, my case for St. Louis, they won five straight games. Um, they also have another guy that's, they also have a guy that's a, a double-double performer. So, like I said, they both, both teams have a good inside presence. Uh, they're, t- uh, St. Louis is 23-8. and eight, And, like I said, they have a good conference record. Play the Atlantic, both teams of these play in Atlantic 10, but... They're getting, for some reason, they're getting a bad rap. They don't deserve to get that fourth seed. I mean, that fourth bid, I mean. But obviously, locally, I want URI to get in. But St. Louis definitely has a case as well. And those are probably my reasons for those two teams to get in. Um, my next team that have a case for to get in is NC State and ACC. I mean, 19 and 12, they got some work to do. They got it. And by the way, the ACC tournament starts tomorrow. So we'll get to see NC State in action tomorrow. I, I don't know what seed they do, but I know they have probably lower end seed. So they might be playing tomorrow. I don't know the exact time, so you can't ask me about that right now. But I just know they beat Duke this year. They beat Virginia, and they beat Wisconsin. All those teams are in the tournament right now. Those teams are locked in the tournament, and they beat all three of those teams. That has to stand for something. That's a really good resume, if you ask me. Um, I mean, just excuse us when it comes down to some of our losses. We lost to BC, but, you know, no one's not perfect. <laughs> I mean... If you look at what we beat, we beat teams that are Virginia's a defending national champion. Duke is probably one of the better teams, if not the better team in the country. And then we have Wisconsin that plays in one of the toughest conferences in the country. And they're really um, doing well in that conference. So, I mean, I think NC State should get in. They should get, like I said... 
if you put a fifth team in the ACC, you might take a team out in the A-10. But I think NC State has proven with those huge wins that they they can compete with anybody, which that means so much in a neutral site game in March. Uh, next few teams I have in the Big 12, you got Oklahoma, which I have in, and Texas Tech. Like I said earlier, I just said that Oklahoma's a lock for me. So I really don't really have to really um, really uh, campaign for them. But for Texas Tech, they got one of the better NBA caliber players in Jamie's Ramsey playing on their team. I think NBA scouts would love to see him play in March and see how he does against tournament teams. As you know, NBA fan's sake. Um, Texas Tech... Um, has one of the better coaches in, in, in Beard. One of the better up-and-coming coaches, I should say. I don't really think he's, you know, on the Bill Self and Jim Beheim and Mark Krzyzewski lane, but Roy Williams lane, but he's up there. He's definitely becoming a household name overnight. You know, how he was able to, you know, lead Texas Tech to a, a national championship berth last year, or, or a national championship appearance, I should say, that belongs to Virginia, of course. But, I mean, they're right there, 18 and 13. Not not too shabby, but I just think you got Ramsey, you got one of the better three-point shooters in Moretti uh, coming back. Um, like they play with great defense. That defense hasn't lost itself from last year. They deserve to get in. And in, that, in a neutral site, I think, the way their coaching is and the way their defense is and the way they have good shot making and perimeter play, I think they should, you know, make it an entertaining product in March. I think they should get in committee. And probably my last two, which actually really not my last two, but these are my last two in the major conferences. And then we'll kind of get into a few, a few uh, mid-major bubble teams. But I would say Rutgers. We have the best home record probably in the country. And I just think we play in one of the best conference, uh, best conferences in the country. And we have 20 wins on the year. You got to give us the nod. I just think um, we just provide something that most teams have we have good perimeter play and we're just a team that understands how to play down the stretch we know how to win close games and the next team I have is the two Arizonas I have Arizona State and Arizona Um, made the case for Arizona State I would say we were in the tournament last year. Uh, we're returning a lot of those players from last year's team. Um, probably the one guy we, we don't have is uh, Lugans Dirt. Lugans Dirt went to the NBA. He's playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. But we're 20-11, and 11, playing in a, a Power 6 conference. We deserve to get in. I think, I mean, we... Definitely have the experience that we had coming from last year that we definitely could make some noise. And then Arizona, um, 
Honestly, for Arizona, you got Nico Manning, one of the top freshmen playing on my t- on the team, and you have great size up front, one of the better front courts in the Pac-12. I think we're right there, in the, you know, in the thick of things. Twenty twenty-one wins on the year. We definitely, uh, definitely should get in just because of our balance, our inside-outside balance. And obviously we got one of the better coaches out there. All right, so we'll, uh, we'll get into the bubble teams now. Um... I mentioned earlier Harvard. Harvard obviously has done well against Yale, so it's all depending on what they do this weekend against Yale. They can steal a bid. But I think if they don't, obviously they don't take care of business, I think they're out. But my case for them is that, I just yeah, I mean, if I had to say for an at-large bid, it would be tough for Harvard to get an at-large bid. But I would say, for my case for it, I would just say is that we have one of the better coaches in Tommy Amaker, one of the better mid-major coaches, and then we've been hampered with injuries and still find a way to get 20 wins. I mean, that has to say for something. And plus, we're 2-0 against Yale right now, which which is pretty much everyone's projected winner of the conference. Has to has to stand for something. Um, great interior play, great perimeter play. Chris Lewis... Um, Noah Kirkwood, all been playing great all year for us, even though we lost Bryce Ike in the injury. And we're right there in the bedick of things, probably one game away from, you know, stealing the tournament bid. Maybe we de- maybe we sh- deserve an at-large bid. Maybe we shouldn't doubt ourselves. Maybe we are truly the best team in the Ivy League. End of the day, if Yale beats us in that third matchup, we're 2-1 against Yale. Why not us? Uh, next team on the bubble that deserves their case, Northern Iowa. Um, yeah, we lost in the first round of our conference tournament. But uh, we are 1-0 against top 25 teams in the, in the AP Top 25. We were able to beat one of those teams early in non-conference play. Um, we're 25-6. and six. Um, like I said, we haven't lost a game. We haven't lost a game, you know, against a really top-end team this year. We're, we're predominantly one of the better programs year in and year out, one of the better better mid-majors year in and year out. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe our conference is a one-bit lead, but... Like I said, we're probably one of the better mid-major teams in the country. I, we think ourselves as a giant killer. So, I just think we deserve to get in. And then probably my last one is uh, Murray State, which obviously lost to Belmont in the championship game, in the, in the OVC championship game. Uh, Murray State's got one of the better... Uh, one of the better scoring guards in that conference. Um, so they're pretty good when it comes down to per- their perimeter play. But, yeah, I mean, 
for Murray State. I mean, just obviously having a team that played in it last year. We have a few guys returning from last year's team. Uh, had 20 wins on the year. Uh, one one of the most exciting teams to play, up-tempo style. I think that's what's going to make us an, an intriguing uh, product to watch, you know, in, during March. And I think we let one slip against Belmont, but Belmont's a good team in their own right. Remember last year, it was reversed. We won our... Uh, we won our conference championship game and Belmont was able to give the at-large bid. I think we deserve that same treatment that Belmont got last year. So we deserve to get in because of that, because of what happened last year. And we're pretty much in the same position that Belmont was in last year. So we deserve to get in because of that. All right, so we'll move on, guys. (laughs) Put in a little work with that. Try to add a little spice to the show. Try to, you know, campaign for the bubble teams. And I don't think it really came out really all that successful. But but I was able to make my case with a lot of those teams and make some good points. But we'll move on to the next topic or, the, yeah, the next uh, next topic. I would say, I would say, let's take a look at the top teams that have a chance to, I mean, without, without a doubt, make some noise, but probably win it all. I think, and I, I don't want to just go chalk, but I'm pretty much kind of going chalk. Um, There's probably one team I'd probably say that was, I wouldn't say it's chalk, but let's, let's run down one of my top teams to win it all. In the tournament, who have a good chance to make it to the final four? Um, Kansas, obviously, they're projected to be number one seed. They're they're ranked number two, number one in the country. They got two players that are Naismith Award Watch uh, finalists, and Devin Dotson and 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 the big guy Azabuki. I mean, with their leadership, they're definitely going to go a long way because of it. But who knows with Kansas teams in the past, they tend to stub on their toe and they end up losing in the early rounds. But I think Bill Self is going to have these guys focus. And Dotson and Azubuki are probably one of the more dominant one-two punch you're going to see in the country. So I think Kansas is right there and they're in the mix. They should win it all. We'll see. Like I said, we'll have to see what their bracket is. And see how tough the road could be for them. But I think they are they have the talent and the death to win it all in April. Um, Dayton is the next team. Dayton has a unique offense. They run like a, a, a pretty much a five-out offense. Similar to what the Houston Rockets run. Um, probably one of the most talented players in the country is Obi Toppin. He's like a stretch four. He's like 6'8", 6'9", 220 pounds, big physical guy, particularly at that at this level. Like to be 6'8", 6'9", move like he moves, play the four position is 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 a value in college basketball. 
I mean, he has all the skills. He can go inside and out. Very versatile guy. I mean, NBA scouts are drooling over this guy because he, like I said, he's a he's a he's a five tool player. He could do it on the defensive end as well. Can get steals, can get blocks. Like he is not really much that he can't do on the basketball court on the offensive and defensive um, side of the ball. And he has he has help too. He has um, Crutcher, the guard, one of their better uh, sh- scorers on the perimeter. Then also have a guy named Mike Sell. That um he um him and Topin play in the front court. Really spread the floor out for guys like Crutcher and all those other guys. Although they have like pretty much three guards, and they have Mike Sell and Taubin play in the front court, and it really makes them very versatile. Like I said, they really truly run a five out offense. Because Mike Sell can spread the floor and shoot the three. Doesn't shoot at a high percentage, but he's still a threat and really makes them pretty tough to defend overall. Um, the next team I have is Baylor. Scott Drew's done a good job with this team. Probably one of his more talented teams. Jared Butler is a National Player of the Year candidate. They also have T that's playing well. They have one of the better backcourts in the country. And they have one of the more stingier defenses. They run it, you know, a 2-3 zone. They like to use their length. They like to get deflections. They like to get out on the break and, and create transition opportunities. So keep an eye on Baylor. They definitely are a team to watch out for. Florida State. Big thing with Florida State is always defense. Leon Hamilton is one of the better coaches in the country that no one doesn't talk about. He really builds his team off of defense and length every year. And this team is in no different. Um, I probably have to say he's got more guards this year than he has in the past. And I think his guards really are physical at defending out on the perimeter. And you could probably say they have one of the better perimeter defenders in the country and in, in MJ Walker. So they're right there they're 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 number four in the country right now according to espn top 25 so they're right there in the mix and like i said i know you're saying like damn what you're just putting all chalk right now but if you just watch i have a surprise team that's outside of i wouldn't say outside of top 10 but they're in the top 10 next team i have is kentucky i mean kentucky has probably the Best trio of guards in the country that all play well together. Uh, Tyrese, uh, yeah, Tyrese Maxey, um, Hagens, Emmanuel Quickly. Those guys are studs. They're highly recruited coming out of high school, and they're doing a good job for John Calipari. Just uh, watching the East, East Tennessee State win the um, SoCon. So they don't have to worry about it. They were able to get the automatic bid. But, um, yeah, Kentucky, yeah, they're going to lean on those guards. And really, wherever those guards go, Kentucky will go. And also they have an elite big in Nick Richards, one of the better bigs in the country. Um, really good shot blocker, really good rim protector. So, if those three guards play well and Richards play well, I think they have a shot to be 
right there in the end, you know, competing for a championship. And then my last team is Gonzaga. I think the Gonzaga is one of the most efficient offenses in the country. They have one of the more dominant big guys. Uh, when, I would say they, I mean, their big guy, Petrus, Petrusab is really good. Um, they have a few other guys that are NBA caliber that, that aren't playing in that front court. And obviously, you know, Mark uh, Few, he coaches his guys up. They're smart basketball players. Biggest thing with them, they're a good passing team and they're high basketball IQ. I'm about to, uh, about to watch them right now. They're about to play San Francisco in their in their conference tournament. So I'll, I'll definitely uh, kind of get to see them up and close and personal. But I think Gonzaga is a team that, like, they're just experienced. They may not play in the toughest conference overall, but their non-conference schedule is bar none, and they performed well. They only lost two games this year. They're about to... If they win, I think today's game, I think they win 30 games on the year. So they've had an unbelievable season. And now we're going to get into my surprise Cinderella teams. All right, for that, yeah, Philip Petrosev for the Zags. Good to see him play. I've heard a lot of good things about him. All right, so he's an NBA caliber player as well. All right, but let's move on for the surprise Cinderella teams to look out for. You got Utah State, um, Sam Morrell, which obviously had the biggest shot to beat San Diego State in that championship game. In the, um, I keep on getting confused as the WAC, but it's not the WAC. They play in the Mountain West. Utah State used to be in the WAC. But they're in the Mountain West. So Utah State was able to beat San Diego State in that Mountain West championship game. They also have another guy, uh, Namimi Kinta. He's one of their big guys. He's 6'11", 246. I mean, they got a nice one-two punch with those two guys. And I just think if those two guys play well, they're going to be a tough team to beat, man. They're going to be a really, really tough team to beat. Now, the next team we, uh, we mentioned earlier, they were able to take care of business win their um, Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. You got Belmont as a giant killer as well. Um, they have one of the better backcourts, I think, as far as mid-majors go. Adam Kunker, Tyler Scanlon. They got uh, a, really a, a seven-footer that they go to as well. So that's one thing about... Um, the key thing with mid-majors that I think what makes them huge threats at this time of the year is that you got to have good inside and outside threats. And I think with Belmont, with their backcourt, their explosive shooting backcourt, and then they have they have the um, the huge big guy that's a seven footer. If they if they can get those two, if they can get all three three of those guys going. At once, they're going to be tough to stop, I think, for any team to beat in March. And I just think they are a team, I think, if I had to make a, 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 a quick prediction, I think they would probably, depending on the matches, I think they'll be in the Sweet 16. I think they'll be in the Sweet 16.
And then, like I said, the team that just won just recently, East Tennessee State, they just won 30 games. They just wrapped up their uh, tournament, uh, their conference tournament game, uh, championship game. The like the key thing with East Tennessee State is just their death. They're a very deep team. They play up tempo style. Um, I wrote one of them down because I th- I just think wow they're they're special. Uh, Ty Boyd, uh, Ty Boyd, he was on the bench, but then they brought him as a starter and. The kid, he's a lefty. He's a sharp shooting lefty. Uh, he's dangerous. He can get hot. He can make, you know, make threes at will. And then, like, they have other guards too that they, they can rely on too. So East Tennessee State's a dangerous out as well. I think they're going to be a tough out for um for any team, depending on the matchup, which is always key. But they're definitely going to be tough for anyone to be uh, to really eliminate in March. Uh, Rice State, I'm going to exit them out because they're losing right now. They're down by 20 to Illinois-Chicago, so I'm just going to exit them out. I thought they would have been uh, a team to be looking out uh, to be reckoned with, but I guess not. That's going to be tough for them to be a for that for that conference. I mean, for that uh, for that for the conference that Wright State's in, they're not going to get in with that conference. It's just too weak of a conference. And they're only going to have probably one bid. But, uh, and then the last uh, team, which I don't have too much information on, is Stephen F. Austin. They have, right now, 29 wins. They're about to hit 30 wins. Um, their conference tournament hasn't started yet. So, they're just a team that you look out for. They're just an up-tempo style. Um, they have a big post-up guy to go with that really has broad shoulders. He really he really can um, do damage down low. And like I said, they use him in the half court, and then they use their guards to kind of create a lot of havoc. And, you know, they play a lot of, you know, play a high-paced game. So combined with that, I just think this should be a tough team to beat, especially if they can play at their pace. And play at a frantic pace. Uh, Stephen up Austin should be a tough out. All right, so to wrap up uh, my college basketball segment, um, the key players. I have a few key players that had great seasons this year that are going to be in the tournament their teams are going to be in the tournament people say there's not enough impact players this year there's not enough nba caliber players this year the drafts weak whatnot these players who knows if they have a great tournament could raise up their stock in the draft um you got a few that are already draft eligible or draft that are pretty high up there and then you have a few guys that are guys that really should get their due um we're going to start with you know, a guy that could get, you know, Naismith Award winner, depending on how well Iowa does, in, you know, in their playoffs and whatnot. Luca Garza. This kid's, see, he's a he's an old school type of big. And this is probably why the NBA's not high on him. 
He's 6'11", 260. He's a throwback. He's twenty. He's averaging 23-9 and 9.8 rebounds in the Big Ten. Like, this is the this was respected as one of the better conferences in the country, and you're putting up statistics like that. I don't care if you're new school, old school. I don't, I don't care. Like those are some really good statistics to be putting up in the top conference in the country. I'm looking to see how he does in the um, Big Ten championship. Um, oh my god, the Big Ten conference tournament this weekend. I want to see how he does, and especially I want to see how he does in the tournament. And I'll be the I'll 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 see what type of game he has. I haven't seen much film on him yet, but like I said, I'll definitely uh, catch up on it this week. But like I said, those those are crazy statistics, man. I haven't really seen statistics like that from a big man in a while, like just dominant, like Demarcus Cousins like statistics. I mean, last time I seen that was like Demarcus Cousins was averaging stuff like that. And, in college, and even then, I thought he was only averaging eighteen and seventeen. This kid's averaging twenty-three, almost twenty-four points per game, and averaging nine, almost ten rebounds a game. Well, yeah, you might as well say he's almost averaging ten rebounds a game, nine point eight. So, very impressive. He's a Naismith to watch, Naismith Award watch winner, and you got to keep an eye on him, man. And I'm just a little uh, focus on the game. Uh, uh, Dick Vitale is calling the game, which he's a legend. So, so sometimes I look back just to see him. Like the guy's still doing it at his age is unbelievable. But yeah, so yeah, Luca Garza. Keep an eye on him. He's definitely gonna be in the tournament. He's huge, six eleven, two sixty. He has clearly, clearly a true throwback big and. We'll see how well he if he dominates the tournament. I, I don't know how you don't keep him. I don't know how he does not get in the first round. And depending on how he does in the combine, which he does if he does come out, like I don't know how he doesn't become an NBA caliber player if he does well in the tournament. But we'll see. All right, point guard, Ab Jordan Ford from St. Mary's. Like St. Mary's is a bubble team. They may not get in, depending on what happens tonight. St. Mary's does play BYU tonight. So if they get if they get a win against BYU, they're a lock to get in. And knowing the way St. Mary's does, you know, traditionally, they tend to, you know, rise to the occasion around this time of the year. So they might end up, you know, mess you know, messing around and end up beating BYU uh late tonight. Like, that game is going to be on late. It's going to be on 11.30, so I'm not trying to, you know, 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. I'm not trying to uh, stay up for that, but I'm definitely going to keep it on this Gonzaga Bulldogs, Bulldogs uh, game. They're playing against a pretty weak San Francisco team. But, yeah, but Jordan Ford for St. Mary's is a guy that's been pretty impressive all year long. He's averaging 28.8 a game, about almost 22 a game. Shooting 49% from the field. So, along with that, he's shooting well from the three as well. I think he's, like, shooting high 30s or low 40s in the three-point arc. So, he's definitely been a very good score for St. Mary's all year long and doing it at an efficient clip as well. Uh, next guy, Miles Powell from Seton Hall. Get another 20-point-per-game score. 21.3 to be exact. 
Uh, he hasn't really, he wasn't really that efficient this year, but like I said, he's had a really heavy workload for, for Seton Hall this year. He's had to really been relied on a lot for Seton Hall. So again, he's playing in the Big East, very tough conference. So to do that against very tough opponents year, game in and game out, that's pretty impressive. <clears throat> Next guy I have is Peyton Pritchard from Oregon. Same thing, he's averaging about 20 a game. Um, definitely has stepped up this year. I know Bo Bo was the main guy last year for Oregon. Peyton Pritchard's definitely stepped up. Uh, he played in the tournament last year, so that experience should help him out. And then the last guy is OB Topin, which we all know how incredible of a season he's having. 20.5 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game. Shooting in an unbelievable 63% clip. I mean, he is he's a special player. He could do it all inside and out, like I said earlier. I just think where he go where he goes, Dayton goes, and I I see him doing big things this tournament. Alright, so we'll wrap up that part of the segment for college basketball. We're going to get into the last segment. Um, we're going to get into the high school results for this past week. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with the third part of this episode. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. This is your host, Rob Morris. I'll be right back. <laughs> 